Oh, can we give him praise? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, come on, let's worship him. He's worthy, isn't he? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Where would we be without his grace and mercy? If it wasn't running after us and chasing after us, amen, we would be lost. We would not be here. But I'm thankful that even now that we are here, still his grace and mercy are running after us because we still make mistakes, don't we? We still mess up. We still fall. But I'm thankful we can always go back to the hands of God, that his love is always there. Nothing can separate us from his love. I'm thankful for his power, his presence. Amen. It just feels good to worship him and to say how grateful we are. Amen. Amen. That's what praise and worship's all about. Letting God know who he is and what he's done for us and how grateful we are, how we would not be here if it wasn't for him. Amen. So we're not just going to take an opportunity lightly, but I know as much as we do here now, presently, but it's, it goes far beyond this, far beyond the service. Every single day we're grateful, right? This is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it no matter what day it is, Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. He's still worthy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And He's worthy every single day. Amen. So we continue to give Him praise. Amen. It's good to see all of our guests and visitors and friends and family. Amen. And Snowbirds and Sister Lewis is here. We're so great to see her. Why don't you take a minute, go greet somebody, shake their hands, and welcome them to Apostolic Praise. as good as the ushers come, we want to remind everybody to continue to check the uh, digital bulletin uh, for the events that are happening. 
this coming Tuesday is our last night of grow groups here for the, for 2023, and we're we're going out with a bang here at the church. Uh, Tuesday night, 6:30. Come for food fellowship. Everybody's welcome. Amen. And so it's gonna be a great time to connect uh, again with each other. Amen. Because the family of God is what it's all about, right? We're here for each other. Amen. Not just Sunday, but any day during the week, we can get together. We can have church. Amen. Because where two or three are gathered, Jesus is in the midst, right? Amen. No matter what day, amen, God is with us. Amen. So Tuesday night, 630, come out and enjoy uh, the time we can get together. Amen. And this coming Friday and Saturday is prayer conference up in Ocala. If anybody's going up to that, amen, that's going to be a great time. Amen. And then uh, coming up here in a few weeks, we have it our uh, annual Friends and Family Day here, November 12th. Amen. Looking forward to that. So there's some flyers out there. You want to start inviting people for food, family, fun, and fellowship, all kinds of things. Uh, barbecue and food afterwards so there's really no reason not to come to church uh, and so not that we come for the food but the food is a good good thing to have right first we want to get Jesus the bread of life and then we can have uh, all the other food right amen so be sure to invite people out for that looking forward to that amen and so um, we want to uh, thank all the the ladies for uh, your help and uh from Thursday night or Friday night, uh, the Mary Falls giving thing. Uh, I obviously wasn't there, but I heard some good things about it. So thank you for all those who are part of it, my wife and uh, all those connected. Amen. So we want to uh, go before the Lord together. There's many needs. There's always needs out there. Maybe you have a new need. That's okay. We still have a God who's on the throne and powerful. Man, let's go before the Lord together and pray. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you are doing in our lives and already done. God, we know that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. We lift up the needs before you today that you know them, God. We pray your hand and your touch will be upon every need, every situation. Bless this offering today. Multiply for your kingdom. Bless this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Let's come and give unto the Lord today. Kids' church can be dismissed. Second Kings, the fourth chapter. Start reading in verse 8. And it fell on a day. Anybody ever fall on a day or a day fall on them? Yeah? 
fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither, thither to eat bread, and she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. I wonder why he's constantly passing by. Uh, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, The Additions Edition. The Additions Edition. Amen. You may be seated today. Amen. Elisha was young in his ministry. Uh, he was out on his own. His, his predecessor, his mentor, Elijah, had been carried away uh, in the chariot of fire. He was no longer under the shadow of Elijah. And so uh, he, before Elijah was taken, though, he asked Elisha, what is it that you want? And Elisha asked for a double portion, a double portion. And not, not just your mantle, Elijah, but I want a double portion, a double anointing. And Elisha, Elijah told Elisha, he says, man, you're asking for a hard thing. I had, my mantle was a, was a hard enough ministry and you're wanting double that. Asking for a hard thing, but if you see me go, you will receive what you asked for. And so it was that when Elisha saw Elijah get caught up, thus began Elisha's ministry of a double anointing or a double portion. And so as the man of God for the hour... Uh, the hour, the day in Israel, the ordained man of God with a double anointing who was to be the mouthpiece for God to this nation of Israel, Elisha started performing miracles shortly after uh, he received this calling, this ministry and mantle from, uh, from God. And so... I know that we use the word miracle often and we want to see miracles, signs and wonder, but we, we do have to understand that a miracle is not an easy thing. We want a miracle, but we can't forget it is not an easy thing. Sure, it's easy for God, but I'm not talking about God's part and the part of a miracle. Uh, I'm talking about our side of the miracle. A miracle is not an easy thing. In fact, miracle by its definition means really an impossibility. A miracle defies the laws of nature, the laws of physics, the, the laws of science. It it surpasses all that we uh, know as our, in our human powers, in our natural abilities. And a miracle is a hard thing. And if you want a miracle, your situation has to be one of impossibility. 
You've got to be in a place where there is no way out. The only way out is through the miracle that God provides. And when you get into a situation where the facts are against you and their science speaks against you and doctors say there's no way, I'm here to tell you to not fret or not to fear because because you are surrounded by the impossible, all that means is you are set up for a miracle. You are set up for God to intervene into your situation and here he can turn things around. We, we have a miracle with us every week. Baby Evelyn, she's getting ready to turn one years old. Do you believe that? A miracle. And so we know and we've heard about the impossibilities that they had to go through. But thankful for the hand of God that he is a miracle working God. He is still in the miracle working business. We just have to find ourselves in an impossible situation. Sure, we go to the doctors and uh, that's the responsible thing to do. And that's why we have them. But the doctors cannot do everything. There are things that are impossible for them to do as well. There are things that go far, far beyond their education and their reach that, are, that is too hard for them. But that's why we have a plan that we go to Jesus Christ. Because with man, things may be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. A miracle is not a hard thing for God to do. Uh, and so if it's hard for us, we need to be looking to Jesus Christ to help us through our situation. It's not the time to give up or get depressed or feel defeated and even though it may be impossible that's okay we need to begin to increase our faith and to realize that hey everything I've done is not worked out and it's seeming more and more impossible every single day and time we try but that's that just means you might be on the launch pad for a miracle in your life but keep your faith filled up keep hoping keep praying keep believing uh, for God to intervene and you never know when the day may come Well, your miracle is birth into your life. You see, Elisha, Elisha was not satisfied with the status quo. He wasn't content with the way things were, with the common way of doing things, but Elisha was hungry for more. His his faith became unquenchable. He... uh, uh, Elijah did seven or 14 miracles, depending on how they counted, I guess. And, and so Elisha was asking for a double portion. And, and so, not that he's about keeping track of miracles and things, but it sure enough was turned out that Elisha did, did about twice as much miracles as Elijah did uh, because he asked for a double portion. And so, whatever you have, Elijah... I want it, plus I want more. I want twice as much. Others may be happy with the way things are, but I don't know about you. I, I want more than that. Some may be pleased with the way the things are going, but I'm hungry for some more. I want to see God do more. I want us to take us to places we've never been before, reaching further than we've ever reached before. Uh, and so we have to be hungry for that. We have to uh, have that desire to do that. And so God is looking today for people that are not afraid to ask for the impossible. He's, not a, he's looking for people that are not afraid to ask for a hard thing. Why? Because that just means we know who to go to. We know that God can do anything. But too many people, 
see a tough situation and may turn away and walk away. To run, run from the hard things of life and uh, they don't want to become uncomfortable. They don't want to have to, to sacrifice or to give things up or, or have, have things inter, uh, interrupt their life. Or they don't want to do more than what is required. And so they're always satisfied with just the simple, mediocre, and the common way of doing things. When there is so much more available that all you need to do is to ask for it. All you need to do is to get, begin to develop a hunger for more that will press you to do more and to seek more and to reach for more. And that constant hunger uh, is going to drive you to, to, to places you've never been before, uh, not just here but also in the Spirit and in prayer and in God. If you want more of it, there's an endless amount of, uh, available in the presence of God, but how much are we willing to strive to go for See, the last time I, I looked through the window of my, uh, of, of my perspective and caught a glimpse of what is going on in the world, it didn't look like things were going well. Maybe you got the same uh, glimpse that I got. It looked like things are getting worse and it's getting hard to live by, uh, uh, hard to live a, a godly life in this world. And when, it, when a Christian nation is not only happy, uh, about the, their sinful ways, but now they are uh, are not afraid to promote them and to push them and and to to almost make people accept uh, ungodly and, uh, and sinful ideas and, and ways of living. Uh, but how dare us promote holiness? How dare the pastor get up and ask us to live a good life? Or to, to how dare us to promote righteousness or, or godly living. In, in fact, let's remove God as much as we can. It seems to be the world we are in. And it seems to be uh, like it's going to get uh, to be a hard thing to find a real deal sold out apostolic in this world today. But I'm here to tell you that God has called us all for this time, for this moment. He's got a purpose and a plan for every single one of us in these last days. For such a time as this, He, he had ordained that you would be here at this time. And if you, if you begin to really kind of think about it, and you may get a, a, a mental flat tire, and you think about, like, how we are, how, how I'm alive right here, right now, and not 400 years ago. You know, like, just the time that we are in existence is this time right now. And this is, God saw us this time in 2023, and he saw, and he wanted all of us here at this time. Uh, God knows what he is doing. He sees the end from the beginning. Uh, and so if we are alive and God still has breath in our lungs, he's still got a plan for you and for me to work in his kingdom. And we got to make sure that we are aligning ourselves with what God wants us to do in these last days. Uh, he's looking for a people who are going to be strong, who are not going to be afraid of the devil, who won't be afraid and, and to back down, uh, but will stand for truth in these last days. He needs a church to stand and be the light in the, this dark world. And I'm here to tell you that we have the truth. We have the light. We need to make sure we are boldly living it and boldly declaring it uh, in these last days. Amen. And so... 
we need God more than ever before. Uh, and so it's going to require us reaching further than ever before. Amen. Our, our, our devotion and our prayer life from 2020 is not going to do us good in 2023. We need to be stepping up and doing even more because the way things are going, we need more of Jesus, and that's going to require more effort on our part, more seeking, more praying, more fasting, more, more, more hunger for the things of God and less of the things of the world. And so Elisha was not afraid to ask for a hard thing. And so God granted it to him. I think God honored his faith uh, because he, he wanted more than just the average. I, uh, God, I, I know God's going to honor your faith. If you strive to do more for him, he's going to honor that, and he's going to be there to help you, uh, to, to help promote and advance the kingdom of God. And so this is what Elijah was doing. I want a double portion, and uh, he got it. He became the man of God for that hour, walking around, performing miracles, uh, delivering the word of the Lord to a nation that was in need. They needed to hear what the word of God said, and it's no different than today. We still need people of God who are called, who are chosen, who are set apart to walk around in their world and to declare the word of God to the people that who are in need, to the people who are desperate, to the people who don't know where to go. There needs to be somebody to speak up and say, hey, I know where you can go. You can go to Jesus because I was in the same place that you were and I didn't know where to go, but somebody told me about the Lord and I came and I found an altar and I realized how blessed my life is now because I have him in my life. And so we are all called to that, uh, to be the mouthpiece of God, not just the, the, the preacher, the, the one behind the pulpit, but every single one of us have been given the power to be a witness, the power to tell about the things of God in our life. One of the worst things that can happen to a nation is for the people of truth, the people of God to be silent. Because if they will not speak the truth, then who is? The world obviously does not like the truth, and they will hide it and to, uh, and to distort it. But there always needs to be somebody to speak the truth. And if the people of God will not do that, then who will? How will they hear unless there's a preacher? That is you and me. That doesn't mean just me, but that means every single one of us. We are all preachers of the gospel. We all have the message that we need to go around to deliver uh, what the Word of God says, and that says we need to be born again of the water and of the Spirit if we want to see the kingdom of heaven, right? If we want to enter in, we gotta be, we got to do that, obey the gospel, the death, burial, the resurrection. we got to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so if you haven't done that, that is something that is looking forward for you, uh, that God wants to bless your life even more. So, amen. Uh, and so uh, our text, we talked about here, Elisha, the man of God for the hour. And he was going through Shunem, the city there. And uh, it so happened that a lady, uh, a great woman, constrained him to eat bread. And so it was, as often as he passed by, he turned in hither to eat bread. It's like the, 
you know, the, the Pavlov experiment, experiment where he rang the bell and he presented some meat, some food to the dogs, and they began to salivate. And pretty soon he can just ring the bell and they just start salivating without even any meat in front of them. Uh, I kind of think that's kind of what happened here. Elisha, uh, Elisha somehow found himself just kind of just going to this lady's house. After a while, she probably maybe had to constrain him a few times, uh, you know, entice him with this food. But after a while, he just, for some reason, he wasn't even thinking uh, uh, consciously anymore. Subconsciously, now he's just kind of trained himself to go to this lady's house and eat some food. Uh, and so she didn't have to constrain him any longer. He just showed up. And, and so that's just kind of what happens when you offer uh, men food, uh, they'll be back, right? Amen. And so uh, she said unto her husband, Behold, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by continually. Weird thing that he never used to pass by continually, but now he's, he seems like he's passing by every day. I don't know what the deal is. but So she says, Let us, let us build a little chamber on the wall. That he can come and stay here and have a place of his own. Uh, and so here this woman of hospitality starts inviting him to her house for lunch. And, and so it happens now that every time he passes through, he stops there for a nice cooked meal. And so this is a no-brainer. Uh, all it takes is one good meal and the guy, we just keep showing up, Right? Uh, you're tapping into a man's basic instincts uh, of eating and surviving, and they go hand in hand. So uh, we want to survive and live, so we'll be there for the food. So that's why uh, we, we put on here Friends and Family Day. We talk about food because we want people to come, right? Even if it's for, even if it's for just for the food, that's okay. Uh, the food is not till after service, so we'll, right? we'll, we'll constrain them for a little bit. Amen. And then we can let them eat, right? So uh, we're looking forward to that. And so uh, here we see Elisha just happens to pass through Shunem again and again and again. And I can see Elisha's servant, Gehazi, say, uh, but my Lord, uh, Shunem is like three hours out of the way. Why are we going this way instead of, you know, the, the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, Elisha. Why are we always just kind of looping around and taking the long way? And it so happens we're always looping through Shunem. Uh, what's going on there? And Elisha says, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just feel a drawing again to Shunem. I need to pass through Shunem again. And so... Uh, we, we like to eat our food, and uh, I'm just going to ho- go ahead and say it that uh, we, don't, we don't really like to share our food. We like, uh, we like our food, and uh, especially when, we, when everybody has the same opportunity to order food, so there's no reason for a sharing, Right? Right? We all, every, we all have the same opportunity, equal opportunity, employees and services. So we all have the same opportunity to order food. 
Uh, and so we like our food. And so uh, Elisha uh, liked his food too. So uh, he, he would pass by and this woman says uh, to her husband, you know, babe, I know you've got a lot of things on your list. And I know you've got, you know, 47 things that are unfinished and still things that you haven't even started yet. But how about we build a chamber uh, on, the wa- on the wall for this man? Now, chamber sounds like a nice little thing. It's, it's basically an addition to your house. Uh, and so adding on an extra bedroom to your house is no small feat. And so I can see that this husband uh, now, uh, he says, I've got all these projects that need to be completed. And now you're adding an addition, a, f- a huge addition onto the house as if uh, things weren't already uh, hard enough and backed up. Now you want to do this major project. Uh, and so now it's the first and foremost, this addition uh, has somehow cuts the line of all these other things that were important. And now all of a sudden you got this major thing that needs to happen right away. And so I can see him now, of all the things that he wanted to do, of all the plans that he had on his list, uh, things he's got scheduled to do and to go and to do, and he's got these trips and hunting trips or fishing trips planned, or he can build a, a workshop or a man cave or something. He's got all these things he can do, but instead, now he has to build a room on, not for him, Uh, but for this guy that shows up and eats his food. This is a hard thing to do. Uh, This, you know, there's not much is talked about this lady's husband, but I'm I'm just kind of relaying, reading between the lines of what is, what he probably was thinking. Uh, And so, so this husband begrudgingly, I'm sure, said, okay, Okay, just to, just to get it going. He builds this addition, builds this chamber onto his house for this man of God to come and stay as often as he like and eat all his food as often as he likes. And so he may not have much of a choice in the matter, but he, uh, he did make the sacrifice and he did build the chamber, but not knowing the long-term effects that this addition would have on his life. How many times do we uh, close the door or, or reject what God is, is nudging us to do because we're looking at the cost of it. We're looking at what we're going to have to give up and the sacrifice of it. We're like, ah, I don't want to do that right now. And, but how many times have we done that? But, but what we need to realize and understand is what this addition in our life will actually uh, also add in the later years of our life. The addition's addition 
is going to be so much more than you can ever imagine. If we can just begin to say, yes, Lord, I'll go ahead and do that. I'll open the door. I'll, I'll make the sacrifice. I know it's going to cost. I can see the cost right now, but what we cannot see is the blessings of God behind it, the favor of God that comes through obedience, what God brings around on the, the back end of it all, but all because we first have to say, okay, Lord, I'll do that. The addition's addition. And I'm sure that they had a, a lovely house. The Bible says she was a great woman. She, she was a, a, a Proverbs 31 woman who, 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 who had ordered in her house and, and was well known in the city. I mean, she, she, she was a, a, great, a great godly lady. Uh, and so uh, I'm sure she had a, a beautiful house. But as we come to find out that as good as they had it, there, there, it seemed like their life hit a, hit, a, hit a limit somewhere, hit a ceiling somewhere. Because uh, the story goes that they didn't, they didn't have any kids. And so as good as life that they had, they were still missing out on something that they wanted uh, so desperately. And what her husband could not see was that this sacrifice to build the chamber actually would change their life forever. What, 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 what is the cost that God asks us to give up to something compared to what he can provide on the other side. We can get so hung up on, on the sacrifice of it, but after, if we're able to see the whole picture, you'll be able to put them two together, and you'll say the sacrifice, the cost of it, it's not even, not even near what God can do if we just go through with what God is asking us to give up. If we let that thing go, uh, what, what God can provide for us on the other side is going to be so much greater than the sacrifice and the pain and the hurt and the tears. It costs us to get through that or, or to build that chamber, to build that room. And so if God is nudging you to do something, I know it may be painful, it may be costly, but hey, if you do that for the Lord, God's going to provide something on the other side. That addition that you do in your life is going to come back and bless you even more beyond in the, in the, the later years. But we first have to step through that, that line of faith and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. And so, it so happened that this, this addition, he shows up in, in, in verse 12. He said to Gehazi, call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him, and she said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And, and he said, uh, Elisha saying, you want me to put in a good word with you for the, with the king? Or he can you know, help you out or give you his provisions or whatever. And she's like, no, I'm okay. We're doing all right. I'm dwelling among my own people. We're good. And, and he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, she hath no child and her husband is old. You see, as great as a woman this was, she was barren and didn't have any kids. And so he says, call her. And when he called her, she stood in the door and he said, about this season, 
according to the time of life that thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaiden. The woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. And so when this thing started out, what started out as just an, a physical addition to their house, the sacrifice in the physical, all of a sudden now uh, a, 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 a spiritual addition began to be added into their life. It turned into something more. This chamber turned into a, something that ended up giving back to them. And it actually gave them a child, a miracle child, uh, because they be, they sacrificed for the Lord and said, I'm going to do that. So every, I know it cost us something. I know it cost some pain and some discomfort, but you can't get a miracle unless you're willing to go through some, some pain and suffering and impossibilities and to give up something. And so if you're willing to add on for the Lord, uh, God's going to return and add on to the add-on. He'll add on to the addition that you made for him in your life, and that the addition's addition will give back to you. And so, sure enough, her husband thought he was just building a room for some guy. And so, sure enough, his life is changed, and God turned around and gave them what they were looking for, what they're desiring, what they could not build. They could not, uh, they could not. Uh, spend all the money they had or, or they could not add all these things. What they really wanted most in life could not be purchased, uh, but they decided to make out, uh, carve out some room in their life and their home for God, and God turned around and blessed them and gave them a child that they had been yearning for. Don't tell me God doesn't see every single little sacrifice, every little thing that you do for the Lord, even if people don't see it. People may not see all that you do. That's okay. God's keeping track. God knows what you're doing. He sees what you are sacrificing, and he's going to return around and, and, and bless you on the back end of it all because God sees every little thing. Even though we count the costs, and sometimes the, count, the cost is high, I'm here to tell you the cost is never going to be greater than what God can do for you. You're always going to come out better in the end if we're willing to make that sacrifice and add the chamber on into our life, into our home. Uh, that addition can also add into our life as well. There's this thing in, in, in finances and investing that's called compound interest. Compound interest. That means you take a hundred bucks and you go out. It really works well when interest rates are high. We'll have to wait for that, I guess. But ten uh, percent uh, interest rate is is a really good time. Uh, and so, if we happen to be alive at such a time, it's a good time to invest and and get some return on that. Uh, so you take a hundred bucks and you invest it, and you get ten percent back. So now you have $110, $110. And so that $10 addition in your, uh, that uh, has been added to you, now that goes to work for you again as well. And so not only are you getting uh, interest on that initial 100 bucks, but now you're also getting uh, interest and in making money off that $10 that wasn't even yours. 
that addition is now adding on and adding on and adding on. And so that's what happens with God. When you start adding on for the things of God, God begins to add on on the backside, the compound interest, the compound favor of God in your life. Pretty soon you have all these things in your life that God has blessed you with simply because you said yes, simply because you obeyed and, and, and made that sacrifice and, and God uh, can add on. Onto the addition, and the addition can add on even more into your life. Uh, I don't know about you, but I want to get to the point of my life where God, my all my sacrifices are just keep on coming back and blessing me, blessing me, blessing me. Uh, and so you can be blessed from a sacrifice you made years ago. That's okay. That's how God works. Uh, but we don't need to stop giving sacrifices and living off on the past. We need to make fresh sacrifices today and this year and this hour because we need to have God uh, continue to work in our lives. And us continue to make more uh, room for God. So uh, the Shunammite woman and her husband is experiencing the compound favor of God. Because they made an addition and now that's just adding back on into the life. And so uh, if, if you need to build a chamber in your life... You need to build a chamber in your home because what good is your house if you don't have a place for God to go, right? It doesn't matter how big your house is if you're on the river and you've got a huge yacht in your backyard. That's not a house unless it has a chamber built into it, a place where God can reside and the presence of God can come in. And, and I know that we are the temple of God and he's inside of us, but we still need to make room for him in our homes. We still need to guard our homes and to make sure, hey, this needs to get out. Why? Because God's coming here. God's in our home and uh, we need to make sure that we have a chamber in our home for God to dwell. Amen. And so uh, you say, well, I've already got a chamber. Well, how long has it been since you've been in it? Right? Hopefully recently, very recently, right? Not what good is having a chamber if it's the doors remain closed, right? Uh, and so having a chamber is making sure that you visit it in the and the presence of God is is there. And so um, we need to make sure that we are we are doing that and taking a fresh look, uh, examining uh, our, our home and our life. Uh, are we still putting God first? Are we still concerned about uh, the chamber? Is the chamber the most important thing of our in our house, or are other things now most important? Even though it may already be built, it still needs to make sure in, in our minds that it stays priority because God forbid that, cha that chamber ever closes off, then guess what happens? Everything else closes off, right? You still can have your house, but if the chamber falls off, uh, then you, you're, you're left on your own with the life that you used to have without God. I don't know about you, but I want to make sure my chamber is always on, that the doors are always open, that I'm always visiting, that, I, that God is always Showing up, the man of God is always coming there uh, because it's not just a one-time visit; it's a constant, uh, reoccurring visitation uh, of the man of God that came to the Shunammite woman's house. Now, if they had just built it, and they said, "Okay, thanks, thanks for the child," 
Thank you, God, for all you've done. Now, you know, we're ready to move on. We're taking our kid, and we're moving on, and we don't need this chamber anymore. It's given back to us. We need to be careful because uh, this Shunammite woman, thankfully, she kept the chamber open because that miracle child that she got uh, fell sick or, and fell, and he bumped his head, and he, he died one day. And so where did she take him? She ran him, and she took him and laid him on the, in the chamber in the bed uh, of, uh, of Elijah, uh, Elisha because she knew that that chamber is where he came from. That addition is where the favor of God, the blessing came from. You can't get to, with the blessing of God, you can't run away from the chamber because it's always connected to the chamber because that's where it came from. It came from the sacrifice. It came from you, uh, you, you pouring your heart out and crying tears and, 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 and letting your, uh, your, your cries be heard unto the God. That's where it all came from. And so we cannot disconnect those things from God and from the chamber. That's, that's where they were birthed and, and started from. And so as long as we have those things in our life, we need to make sure that they are still in the chamber and we still visit the chamber and let God come and make himself at home in our life. And so uh, she came, uh, she ran and sent message to Elisha and he came and what he came back to her home, back to the chamber, back where he came from, and uh, uh, the boy was resurrected and brought back to life. Uh, another miracle because of the chamber. It provided a miracle the first time, and it also provided a miracle again. I'll tell you, building an altar to the Lord is always going to come back and bless you. It's always You keep the fire going on the altar, you're going to get miracle after miracle and blessing after blessing as long as you keep that chamber lit, as long as you keep those doors open, as long as you keep putting God first, it can keep adding on to your life the additions addition in your life will keep on showing up musicians if you would come and so the place where her child came from was brought back to life because she kept it open she kept it uh tidied up. She kept it prepared for the visitation of, of the man of God. And so she didn't take him to the funeral home. She didn't go bury him. She took him right back to the chamber because that's where it all started. Uh, and so whatever you feel that you may have lost in your life, Maybe you need to take it back to the chamber. Maybe you need to feel like you lost your kids to the world. Take them back to the chamber. Keep bringing their names back up in the chamber. You Maybe you lost your zeal for God. Bring them back. Go back to the chamber. Uh, go back to the fire. Go back to the sacrifice and the altar. You, if your, your commitments have faded off, you need to go back to that chamber because inside there, there's always something to add to your life, but you got to make sure it is always open and you're visiting it and, and God is visiting you because that's where we need to go is always back to the chamber and as amazing a story as this we can easily stop there uh, and this life this woman's life has been drastically changed so much blessed so much for the better all because of this little addition in their life and that had an addition uh, but uh, there's even more to the story as if, as if 
this is the end of some kind of fairy tale. Like, man, you can easily just close the book, and man, what an amazing story. But it, it goes on further. The addition keeps on adding. Again, 2 Kings 8, Then spake Elisha unto the woman, whose son had he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou in thine household, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land for seven years. And the woman arose, and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her husband, and, or with her household, and sojourned in the land of the Philistines for seven years. And so... This woman and all her household fled to uh, Philistia for those seven years of the famine. They left everything behind. Uh, They left their chamber. They left their home. They left all that they had because the man of God told them, you need to go. Uh, And so, verse 3, it came to pass at the seven years end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistine. And she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. And so um, we're not told exactly what happened to it all, but um, we know that through that kind of the famine that happened in uh, Egypt time, it was that basically the government probably started raising taxes People can't pay taxes because there's a famine and all these things, so they start confiscating property and all these things. And so obviously, you're not living in your house for seven years. You're not paying property taxes and all these things. You're going to come back, and you're not going to, it's not going to be your house, right? You're not going to own it anything. And so this is what she does. She comes back, and she's, she's crying unto the king. She wants her house back. She doesn't want the house back. She, I'll tell you what, she wants that chamber back. Because a chamber is more valuable than her house. Uh, And so she's asking the king for her house and for her land. And verse 4, the next verse, the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And so look at this, the timing of it all. She just happens to come to the king asking for her land back. And the king happens to be talking to Elisha's servant, the one who stayed in that chamber. And so it came to pass as he was telling the king how Elisha had restored a dead body to life, that behold the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha had restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, and so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left, even until now. She got the past seven years, she got back pay for seven years for not even being there. 
and she got all that restored for her. Why? Her, the additions, addition began adding back onto her life. The favor of God never left her. The favor of God was always there. That chamber kept on showing up. Even seven years later, the, the addition shows up again and starts blessing back again. I'll tell you what, we need to make sure we got our chambers going on in our life, in our home, because that is always, always there to provide and to, and to give back and keep on adding in our life. You stand with me today. So often do we get caught up in the, the chase of life and the, the rabbit race of life and thinking we need to build new houses and, and all these things, build up a nest egg and, and retirement. We've got to prepare for all that and all these things. That's fine. That's, that's a part of our, of our life uh, now. And so we have to do those things. But I'm here to tell you that the most important thing, far more valuable than a nest egg, far more valuable than a retirement plan or a full a maxed out 401k far more important than all that is a chamber in your house because if this lady never built that chamber she would not have had any of those things any longer and what look what it did to their life it blessed their life it gave them a child and, and, and all because they added on and made room for the lord the chamber the addition kept on adding back into their life and even when hard times came even when the famine came and the economy turned bad and they couldn't afford things any longer and uh, they had to forsake things and they had the the struggle became uh, real and they had to leave and all these things even through all of that because this woman did not forget about the chamber the chamber didn't forget about her. If you put God first through it all, no matter what the hardship is, no matter what the cost is, you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. You don't forget about God, and God's not going to forget about you. You don't forget about the chamber, and the chamber won't forget about you because it's going to come back into your life if you keep putting God first. And so I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're going through a famine in your life right now, but I'm telling you what you need to make sure you do is you need to make sure you've got a chamber. You've got a place in your life for God to come. God, I'm putting these things aside. I need to set these things off. I need to turn these things off and say, God, I'm making room for you because what good is all this if I don't have a chamber? What good is my life? What blessed life do I have if I don't have a place where the man of God can come and the word of God can go forth and begin to impact my life and that has a residual impact that the compound interest the compound favor of God only happens when somebody makes a sacrifice and say God I'm gonna do that I'm gonna make a I'm gonna build a chamber come on will you come will you come today come down and seek God and say God help me Lord help me Lord to build a chamber if you don't have one if it's been a while it's time to visit the chamber again because we don't know what's coming around the corner but if we don't forget about the chamber, the chamber won't forget about us. Come on, we need to seek God. We need to get a hold of Him today. God, help me to put you first again. 
Renew my zeal. Renew the desire that I used to have. Get to that chamber. Get to that place of favor in God's life, in your life. Come on, let's come and build the chamber again. Let's renovate the chamber. You can renovate your house, it's fine, but don't forget about the chamber. Help us, Jesus, to put you first and keep you first, God. Come on, let's come worship the Lord together. you Lord now more than ever we'll draw near to you you'll draw near to us God hallelujah
Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be your name. We love you, Jesus. We love you, God. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The, the most important thing is, is making sure God is in the room, right? But that we make the room for him to come in, right? If, we're, if our life and we are all filled up with everything else, there's no room for him. And so that's why we had to make sure that we build that chamber, cut out that place, add on so that the addition can keep on adding to our life. Amen. And know that God's got great things to store for us uh, as a person, as a, a man or woman of God, and as a church. Amen. We're a church full of chambers, right? that are alive and well to keep that passion and desire and the fire burning in our life and in our homes that God continue to use and give us uh, a hand when we need a hand. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Don't forget about the bread. Even grab.